Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN2, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, the ESPN app. You could be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve, along with Michelle Smallman. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Wow! Speaking of what fans deserve. We didn't Packers, expect that. Packers fans deserved a lot better than what they <laughs> oh saw last night. Oh my god, that did we not expect that? That was an embarrassment. Brutal. Talk about opposite ends of the spectrum in four days, right? You got the highest of highs when you had the 17-point comeback against the Saints, and then your team goes out and does that? Does maybe, that? Maybe they were too, riding too high? Uh, I guess so. I don't know. But that was absolute embarrassment. Evan. 34-20, Ooh. the Lions beat the Packers last night, and it wasn't really that close. I mean, it was 27-3 at the half. 27-3 at the half. Jordan Love looked awful early on in this game. Even Jared Goff, who threw an early interception, you know, Packers had opportunities and then, boom, Jared Goff obviously did his job, 19-28, 210, a touchdown and a pick. And it was really all about the running game. David Montgomery, there was questions about whether or not he was going to play last night. 32-121, three touchdowns. They just dominated on the ground. Detroit is now 3-1, and one, including wins on the road at Arrowhead, on the road in Lambeau. And, yeah, the Packers, 2-2. Two and two. On the whole, they are kind of who we thought they would be, right around hovering around, you know, that 9-8, and eight, you know, 8-9, and maybe 10-7 and seven mark. But, boy, did they get their butts kicked last night. Yeah, uh, the Packers took the cheese. No pun intended. I <laughs> no, mean, that, that was pun intended. No, there wasn't yeah, a pun intended. Seriously, a this, is, pun. this is know. something that Bill Parcells talks about all the time, especially when it comes to young players. You never as good as what people say you are. And this team has been hearing all week long, even though it's a short week, they were great. It was a great second-half comeback. Jordan Love, he's top 10 in QBR, top 5 in touchdown passes. They had the special on Prime before the game talking about Packers fans celebrating three decades of top-tier quarterback play and how they're hoping Jordan Love is the next one in line and so far so good. And then they went out and they got their butts kicked. And I know everybody's going to focus on the defensive side of the ball. They gave up 200 yards of total offense in the first quarter, 27 points in the first half. That's the most points the Lions have scored in a Packers-Lions game in their 188-game history in the first half. That's an embarrassment. But you know what set that up? The offense being awful. Because outside of the field goal on the opening drive, which was set up by a turnover created by the defense, the drive chart for the Green Bay Packers goes as follows. Three and out, three and out, pick, three and out. Then you had a, a punt after five plays because of a penalty that gave them a first down, and then it was the end of the half. The, the first first down that the Packers offense had that was not due to penalty came with seven seconds left in the half. They had 21 yards of offense in the first half. 21. 21. Like, 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 what are you supposed to do? Defensively, you're on the field the entire first half. Of course you're going to give up yards. Of course you're going to give up points. At some point, 
the Packers offense has got to do something. They can't continue to put their defense up against the eight ball because they have these slow starts. They have the third worst first half scoring differential behind the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets. That's not the company that you want to be keeping, but that's where the Green Bay Packers offense continues to put this team, and that's just not good enough from Love, that's not good enough from the floor, that's not good enough from anybody on that side of the ball. Yeah, those are not two teams you want your name mentioned with, the Jets and the Bears, especially when it comes to offense. (laughs) It's interesting how our expectations for the Packers have shifted from preseason to now. Week to week, things have been different, because I looked at the Packers heading into the season and I thought as long as they can emerge competitive and that you really feel like Jordan Love is the guy it's a successful season I don't think many people saw the Packers winning a Super Bowl but then because of the erosion in the division around them and uh, Jordan Love looking better than we expected early on and this team having some early success our expectations shifted for this team which I don't know if it's necessarily fair for us to have that reaction because as you said Evan they are proving to be who we initially expected them to be He's a young quarterback. It's a youngish team, and they're going to have ebbs and flows like this. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm now. I had no intention of defending the Packers today, but now I think I'm going to because I love it. Well, no, here's why: because you triggered a thought for me. We watched this game last night. We watched the Detroit Lions beat up on the Packers at Lambeau. And we think, well, Lambeau is an impossible place to play. The fans are unbelievable. This is a Thursday night game. Everybody's watching. This is supposed to be that coming out party for Jordan Love. And we say, I just said it, Small said it, they are kind of who we thought they would be, which is hovering around that 8-9, and 9-8 and eight mark. You mean the same thing they were last year? With a Hall of Fame quarterback? So you rid yourself of a Hall of Fame quarterback, which is... May not be a good thing, but the reality is financially, it's easier to build a team with Love's salary than it is with Rogers' salary. And if they're going to give you the same thing and Love's going to be at a lesser price, you still have the hope long term. So if we're saying, now the division helps here because the Bears and the Vikings stink, but if we're saying worst case scenario, they hover around 9 and 8, 8 and 9, that is still a major win for them this season based on the fact that they had that QB change. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was 6-10 and 10 in his first year following Hall of Famer and Brett Favre. So th- there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve in terms of this becoming Jordan Love's team. But I'm talking about the overall mentality. I mean, they asked Matt LaFleur at halftime what needs to be different. He said, listen, we need to see who's going to fight. That, that's not what your head coach is supposed to be worried about. No. Like Head coaches shouldn't have to coach effort and intensity. That's table states. That's requisite for the job. You are an NFL player. And last night it was clear that they didn't have the energy level that they should have for a team that's at home coming off of the kind of win that we saw on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. That, that was a surprise to me to see Green Bay fall flat the way that they did. And you can't help but question the leadership in that locker room, and it starts with the quarterback. Let me also bring up one other thing, because I now, as a national radio host, which I'm very fortunate, we're all very fortunate to have this seat right here, Mm. and as an ex-quarterback in (laughs) high school, failed, failed at that. I feel like now I am very qualified to say something. I'm going to give a message to the Detroit Lions, okay? This is your message right now. Draft a quarterback in the first round of this year's draft. You know why? Because you actually have a quarterback. Jared Goff is good. We have said it. We have figured it out. Ladies and gentlemen, draft quarterbacks when you want them, not when you need them. The Detroit Lions have a guy. 
He's under contract for next year. He's more than good enough to help them win this year. I'm not suggesting they're winning a Super Bowl. But this is the perfect time to draft a quarterback when you want one. This franchise, I can't believe I'm saying this. Javante Lawrence is going to love this. One of our producers, Alliance fan. <laughs> they are set up. For years to come, they have good young players everywhere you look. Dan Campbell, their head coach, is way better than I anticipated he would be. I fell into the trap that he wanted me to fall into of thinking he's a meathead because of the kneecaps and he's going <laughs> to eat you and all that stuff. The coffee the guy, order. Yeah, the guy knows football. And so guess what? Goff is the transition. Goff is the Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. You have the guy. This is a team for years to come. Draft the quarterback, believe in Goff, and don't play the quarterback. CC, they have the Detroit Lions have figured it out. Oh, yeah, it's the perfect time to introduce a young quarterback it's over the crazy, next couple right? of years. So it makes all the sense in the world. But looking at 2023, I think based on last night's performance, we have to start asking the question. Are the Detroit Lions right there with the other three elite teams in the NFC, that being the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys? I think well, that's a legitimate conversation. I got to put you, you in fire a legi- on that. That's a legitimate conversation to start having right now based on their performance because we said going into this game, their offense can score points with anybody. What I didn't expect was that their pass rush would be able to heat up Jordan Love the way that they did. I mean, you talk about 13 pressures, 11 quarterback hits, and five sacks. If your offense can tilt the game by being able to go up double digits early, that pass rush led by Aiden Hutchinson and McNeil and and Houston, all those dudes, they can get after the quarterback. They can break down the pocket. We saw it against Pat Mahomes on the road in Arrowhead. We saw it again last night against Jordan Love and Lambeau. That is going to travel. You can run the football. You can rush the passer. That's a formula for success in the NFL, whether you're playing at home or whether you're on the road. And when we talk about the toughness battle, don't you feel like the Detroit Lions are going to win that? Oh, yeah. They're going to win the toughness battle. I was telling Cece in the makeup room, shout out to the makeup room, (laughs) where we have our best sports conversations. No doubt. I was watching this game last night, and I thought to myself, the Detroit Lions are what the New York Jets hoped that they would be. A team that, and an organization that has not had success in a long time, and they were hoping to change the culture. They were hoping to instill a culture of toughness and a culture of winning. The Jets put all of the, those eggs in Aaron Rodgers' basket. Holistically, they did not do it. They had Aaron Rodgers change it for them. You removed him from the equation. He was, they're not the same team, obviously. Mm-hmm. The Detroit Lions have institutionally changed who they've been. And that's all due to Dan Campbell. This is a team that has an identity. This is a team that has confidence. This is a team that is built to win. And I don't know if I would put them on the same level as the San Francisco 49ers, who feels like they're in a little bit of a different weight class in the NFC. Mm-hmm. The Eagles are getting there. But I would put them right there with the Dallas Cowboys, that's wouldn't you? Po- that's what I was going to go to. That's where I got to put your feet to the fire. Go because ahead. you have been, Smalls is right, you have been critical of the Cowboys. I'm going to put words in your mouth. I think you think the Lions may be better than the Cowboys. I think that Chris Canty, on a neutral site game, theoretically, Lions-Cowboys, I think you'd pick the Lions. I think the Lions have a better offensive line. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I do. I think the them. Lions have a better offensive line. And they didn't have Taylor Decker last night. They, they, it feels like they have a better offensive third best, line. Third best team in the NFC, Detroit Lions? I, I think they're in the conversation for it. It's a coin flip right now based on what we saw from the Lions last night and what we saw from Dallas out in the desert against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. How could you not feel that way? How could you not feel like this would be an interesting matchup between those two teams? So, I mean, I, I'm not going to jump out of the window just yet. I want to see them follow it up. Up and, and be able to stack wins. I still can't get the loss in overtime to Seattle out of my mind when they allowed them to score 38 points or something like that. So but still, the one loss is an overtime loss. They I, un- I, lost, I, I understand that. My, my thing is this: we all know the Cowboys' pass rush is is dominant. It's dynamic. 
We know their defense is, is, is elite, um, although we got to see what happens with that defense after Trey Diggs. But I guess my point is the Detroit Lions ain't far off from what the Dallas Cowboys are. Jared Goff ain't far off from what Dak Prescott is. Amon Ross St. Brown ain't far off from what CeeDee Lamb is. So we keep having these conversations about the personnel and the coaching and all of those different things. The Lions are right there. And so as they continue to go through this season, can they forge an identity that will allow them to compete with those upper echelon teams in the conference? That's what I want to see. But based on what we saw last night, they're off to a hell of a start. And they're lacking the pressure that the Dallas Cowboys have. You know what I mean? Like, there's expectations for the Lions, but not in the manner in which we look at the Dallas Cowboys, which I think works to their advantage. All right, triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Right now, if you had to award a third-best team in the (laughs) NFC, that's a weird question, but it is a juicy answer. Because what we're saying is, are you putting Detroit or Dallas? Detroit's right there. So if if we're going to assume that everyone believes in some order San Francisco and Philly are one and two, who do you put as three? We'll get your phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN. Plus, coming up, would you rather have Tua or Allen? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. <laughs> presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN App, Sirius XM. That's how, oh my. Channel 80. <laughs> I can't sing any of the other words right now. Oh, not at all. Not at all. We're trying to stay on the air. That's right. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Um, I'm going to do something to you guys that is extremely unfair. I'm going to tease it this way, Okay. Uh, the Dolphins and the Bills play this weekend. We're going to get some phone calls here in a second at 888-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call-in line about the Lions last night and are they now in that third spot in the NFC behind San Fran and Philadelphia. But the game of the weekend, at least going in, seems to be Miami or um, and Buffalo. Excuse me. So here's what I'm going to do that's unfair. You're only allowed to say one word. It's either Tua or Allen. Uh-huh. Next five years, who would you rather have, Tua or Allen? CC. Oh my God. One word. No, no, no. One word answer. Explanation comes in a little bit. May I ask Ooh. a caveat? No. No. Okay. Go ahead. No. Tua. Is it is it on their respective teams Tua. or just T- in general? Tua. No, too much small. Okay. Tua. 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 Oh. 
Tua or Allen, Smalls? Tua. You're running out of time. I'm going to go with Tua. Tua, okay. But I'm more concerned that, about the health. More on that in a little <laughs> bit. But we asked third best team in the NFC because San Francisco and Philly are clear cut one and two. But the Lions gave you a performance last night with a 34-20 win on the road at Green Bay after also winning on the road opening night against Kansas City that makes you think maybe they're in that three spot. Uh, let's talk with Mike in Detroit who's watching on the ESPN app. What's up, Mike? Alan, to answer the question, you got to do a quick and decisive. Love you guys in the morning. Okay, love you guys. And come on, come on, guys. Detroit seriously opened up against Kansas City. I know they're missing their top two, one side on each. But we look good on both sides of the ball. For the first time in a long time, we've always been able to score points. Matthew Stafford, Megatron, we'll leave it there. Our defense has always been suspect. But we went out and we got veterans and we got real free agents in the secondary and we nailed the draft. Come on, our draft, Sam Laporta is a dog. Okay, Gibbs, dog. Montgomery comes over three tutties. I love all that. And let's get to Dallas. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Great defense. They didn't come. They didn't show up against Arizona at all. But Dak Prescott or Jared Goff, straight up, I'm taking Jared Goff. This year in 2023, he's a pro's pro. He knows what he's doing. And I love what we've done so far. Great statement win. Three and one. We're winning the North. Let's go. Well done. Great call. Good call. Great Outstanding call. call. Uh, Jared Goff is a good football player. He is. We sat here yesterday. People can go back on the ESPN app and listen to the podcast, which includes us singing to no music many times. <laughs> and you, you hear us discussing the idea that, oh, yeah, this guy was in a Super Bowl. We kind of forget about that. And sometimes riding the bus versus being the bus driver is okay. It's okay. Jared Goff does not have to be the bus driver in this division on this team. There was a moment last night, and it's a weird moment, but here we go. I'm going to bring this up. (laughs) That made me realize Detroit feels different this year. Detroit has a guy that is basically a defensive tackle nose tackle that if you look at him, he looks like he's 65 years old by the name of Isaiah Bugs. He's a beast inside. 6'3", 335 pounds. When you play that defensive tackle nose tackle position, your job is not necessarily to sack the quarterback. It's to take on multiple blockers. Mm-hmm. This dude sacked Jordan Love last night in a way, and they brought it up Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit on the broadcast on, on Prime. That's his second sack of his six-year career, and that just means he's wrecking people. The Packers' offensive line was a little bit spotty, but they're just physical and nasty, and they're going to beat you up. Did you have any doubt that they would be that way with Dan Campbell as their head coach? No, but that was a moment for me. It's one thing if Hutchinson on the outside does it. It's a different thing because you played at times inside. Oh, no doubt. That's not your job necessarily to sack the quarterback, right? No, your job is to eat up blocks, but, I mean, you saw it last night with both of those interior defensive linemen. McNeil had a day, too. I mean, those guys were getting after Jordan Love. They were collapsing the pocket, and then they left him nowhere to step up, and then your edge pressure is able to affect the passing game. When you got guys like Aiden Hutchinson that are really dynamic off the edge, it creates opportunities for takeaways, and that's why they were able to get their hands on a couple of passes, have a couple of interceptions. So that's the one area that we wanted to see from Detroit, whether or not they would get better at, is on the defensive side of the ball. Not just being able to stop people, but being able to create extra possessions, create field position for that offense. The offense has been what has won the day for so long in Detroit. Now it finally feels like that defense is starting to turn a corner, and it starts with their physicality up front. So I want to see them continue to do that against an offensive line that's not shorthanded like we saw with the Packers last night. Remember, no Elton Jenkins, no David Bakhtiari. What happens when you face the better offensive lines in football? Can your defensive front still affect the passer in that way? That's the thing that I want to see more consistently from Detroit. Again, 
It's a great start for them through the first four games, but now they got to continue to build on it before I'm ready to trust them to the level that I trust the Eagles or the 49ers. Speaking of building upon what they have right now, I want to go back to what the caller said about this draft class. They nailed their draft. Gibbs, Campbell, Laporta, Branch, all of these guys look like they're going to be absolute players, and I love what they were talking about on the broadcast last night, how they wanted to draft guys, not only that they saw physically that they could be effective for them, but that they love football. They love to work. They have a chip on their shoulder. Their draft Drafting Dan Campbell type guys. They are establishing this culture and this identity and drafting players that they feel like will fit what they're building. And I love that approach. Also, pretty safe bet to just draft an Iowa tight end like they did. <laughs> no uh, doubt. Joe in, in Virginia Beach, listening on 94.1. What's up, Joe? How you guys doing, guys? What's going on, Joe? So I wanted to uh, discuss uh, Chris just kind of just mentioned it about Detroit's defensive line. Where I like Hutchinson, it's a good like TJ TJ Watt kind of comp- uh, comparison. But um, they had one sack against Kansas City, none against Seattle, and then seven against Desmond Ritter with Atlanta, who's a rookie quarterback. And Jordan Love, in in short, is a rookie quarterback this year, even though he sat. And they had five sacks last night, so that was kind of predictable with the injuries on the offensive line. As a Green Bay Packers fan, I expected better on our defensive line against Detroit because both offensive lines were beat up, but just Detroit was pretty good last night on defense, but again, beat up offensive line and just, you know, Love couldn't do nothing. Yeah, I mean, thanks for the phone call. I think Detroit was a little bit better than pretty good, and I understand that, you know, Javante Lawrence is a uh, (laughs) Lions fan back there in Bristol. One of our producers was saying, oh, I was a little nervous in the second half because the way in which the Packers play when they got that two-point conversion. But Detroit is showing you that they may be right there, maybe a tiny bit better than the the Dallas Cowboys, which is a crazy thing to think. Yeah, and the other part that's crazy with that statement is when you compare the quarterbacks, is Jared Goff a better quarterback right now than Dak Prescott? Mm. Uh, I mean, think about it. We do a lot of brand recognition when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, and the quarterback spot for the guys that wear the star in their helmet is a high-profile position. It's like playing center for the Lakers. It's like being the shortstop for the Yankees. Everybody in sports knows your name. We all know who Dak Prescott is, and we all, because of the recognition, want to associate him with being a top-ten quarterback. But if you go back to the start of 2022 – in terms of putting his offense and his team in position to win and not doing things that are detrimental, that cost you opportunities to win, Jared Goff, by far and away, does that better than Dak Prescott. Jared Goff was top five in QBR last year. He's top five in QBR again. Dak Prescott has shown himself to be a quarterback that turns the football over at the most inopportune times. That's not necessarily something that we've associated with Goff since he's been with the Detroit Lions. Now, you can always say that Jared Goff has a ceiling on him, and that's why the L.A. Rams got rid of him, mm-hmm. and they won a Super Bowl the following year. And so I think there's a little bit of that stigma on him. Mm-hmm. But when you just look at quarterback play, I mean, Jared Goff and Dak Prescott are right there eye to eye, and I'm not sure that Goff doesn't give this offense a better chance than what we've seen from Dak more consistently. If Jared Goff did exactly what he's been doing, but he had – the helmet with the star on it, do you think we'd view him differently? Yes, absolutely. I do, yes. I do too. Yeah, but I don't know that we'd view him better. I no, think we'd I know. View That's him what differently. I'm saying. I think what Jared Goff has is one of the hardest things for any human being in the world to have, which is an understanding of who you are and who you are not. It takes all of us years and years and years to figure out who we are. I think Jared Goff knows he was the number one pick, 
but he's the number one pick in a different way than Peyton Manning was the number one pick. No doubt. He was a different a number one pick in a different way than Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow are, right? And Lawrence obviously hasn't been that good this year. But he's the number one pick in the, I'm going to manage the game. I'm going to be great at managing the game. And being a game manager is not a an insult. I, I believe it's a compliment. It means I'm going to put my team in a position to win, and we're going to win as a result. You use the Alex Smith comparison about Jared Goff. That's, who he I is. Mean, that, that, that's, that's who he that's is. what it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now, we, now, we don't look at Dak Prescott in that way, but there's probably something to be said for Dak Prescott playing that way in order for his team to have success. We'll see if he can do that and get back to that. There was a blip on the radar at the Cardinals. We'll see if he can play clean football. Easier said than done against that Patriots defense in week four. Uh, both of them said Tua over Josh Allen for the next five years. Those two guys play against each other. Their teams play against each other this weekend. We will get to that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2. ESPNU. ESPN app, Sirius XM 80. And of course, all across the country in our great ESPN Radio stations. So... Dolphins Bills this weekend. Mm-hmm. A lot of people rightfully saying this is the game of the weekend in the NFL. I put your feet to the fire here. Next five years, Tua or Josh Allen, who you got and why with those two quarterbacks? Well, I took Tua, and this is assuming health, and that's a huge assumption, but Tua is not going to have the self inflicted wounds that Josh Allen is. I mean, Josh, through the first three weeks, has got five turnovers. We saw four in opening night against the Jets. The only path to victory that the Jets had was Zach Wilson, their backup quarterback, taking the lion's share of the snaps, was if the Bills' offense gifted them more opportunities, gifted them short fields. And that's exactly what Josh Allen did. And that's something that's an extension of what we saw last year. Remember, it was a lot being made of Brian Dayball leaving to be the head coach of the New York Giants, Ken Dorsey taking over. That's when the turnovers started to show up in a big way for Josh. This guy had 23 turnovers in 18 games last year, including the playoffs. That's not something that a quarterback that has championship aspirations should be doing. And so that's why I lean toward Tua, just because we don't see that from Tua. Now, granted, a lot of why Tua is successful is because of the personnel and the scheme around him, but he takes really good advantage of it. He's accurate with the football, and I think that part of it is why I trust him more. Yeah, I think the only question for me about Tua is his health. That's the only reason I paused when you asked that question, Evan, is because you can't guarantee that you'll have Tua for the next five years. But assuming health on both ends, I'm with you, CC. I think I'm going with Tua. He's he's not only accurate. He not only has proven that he can be the guy when he's healthy. 
I, I just look at what he's doing this season. He's doing historic stuff. Like the pressure surrounding the Dolphins has not gotten to him. And I, I know he has the pedigree of coming from a big program like mm-hmm. Alabama, and that's translating. But he just seems like such a good leader, and he gets the job done. And, and looking at some of the numbers heading into this week, he only needs 347 passing yards on Sunday to have the most passing yards through four games in Dolphins history, mm. right behind Dan Marino. We're talking mm. about what he's doing in the same vein as Dan Marino, one of the greatest to ever do it. So... I have to go with Tua, even though Josh Allen is a more proven commodity, especially in the postseason. So when I look at these two, and this is going to be an awesome matchup on Sunday, when I look at these two, I don't know that I have ever had a quarterback matchup in conversation amongst elite-level quarterbacks that I've been so fearful of both of them. Mm -hmm. I'm so (laughs) scared of the Tua injury when I'm thinking about picking him in this debate, and I'm so scared of the Josh Allen turnovers. When I pick, like, if you were to say, all right, who would you rather have, Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow? All right, fair conversation. I'm fearful of nothing, right? Even though Joe Burrow is currently hurt, there's nothing that scares me long term about either one of those guys. These two guys, CC, scare me to death because Josh Allen has not improved with the turnovers, and Tua can't control what is a really serious thing in terms of the injuries. But when I really think about it, I think about Coach Belichick, of course, I always do, but I think about what he looks for in a quarterback. He looks for accuracy and decision-making. And I think based on those two things, my lean would be Tua, even though I'm not a big lefty quarterback guy. I've never been a big fan of the lefty quarterback. <laughs> what do you have against lefty I, I just, quarterbacks? I don't like the lefty quarterback. Steve, you didn't like Steve since Young? Steve Young, and I like Vic. You didn't like Michael Vick? No, I'm about to say these like, since then. Well, since these guys, but since I don't the like the lefty ones, quarterback. I haven't seen a great since one. I don't, I don't like them. But if I, I judge like quarterbacks based on accuracy and decision-making, Tua is the guy. No, I mean, he's the guy, and you say you, he can't control the health concern, but I, I, the only thing that I would push against is we've heard all offseason how he's doing the, the jujitsu and trying to learn how to fall properly, but the biggest takeaway is this guy's getting the ball out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, Tua's only been sacked once. He's been contacted seven times. The, the ball is coming out so fast. I'm sitting there thinking while Ev is talking, outside of Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, is there a quarterback-head coach combination that we trust more than Tua in terms of what we're going to get from a week-to-week basis? Really I don't. Point. People are talking about Mike McDaniel as the next Bill Walsh. I, I can't believe I'm going to go here. But if he is the next Bill Walsh, does he have the perfect complement to it? Like, is is this Mike McDaniel's Joe Montana? Wait a minute. L- like, wait I think I think I think I think that's where I think that's what this offense presents. It's it's revolutionary. I'm not saying Tua is going to be Joe Montana. What I am saying is they are revolutionizing offense in the NFL. They are doing something that we have not seen in the modern day NFL. They are the perfect fit for one another, and that's why they were able to hang 70 points <laughs> on the Denver Broncos. They could have set a single-game record for points scored. They should have. They should have. They, they took a knee with three minutes left. And Tyreek Hill said that was the players that, that went to Mike McDaniel and said that. But that that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's how good they are. So I, I know it sounds jarring when we start bringing these different things up, but it's not, it's not hyperbolic. Like, this this is a situation where we quite literally could see something that we've never seen before. But if we're putting Tua and Mike McDaniel in that conversation of the two greatest tandems, then it's Super Bowl or bust then. Because all no of those other great head coach, quarterback tandems, Andy Reid and Mahomes, Brady and Belichick, you, you know, if you're comparing them in the same company as those tandems, then they have to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. They have to get it done. It is hype. What we've done is 
clearly hyperbole. We've just compared him to Bill Walsh and to— I didn't compare him to Bill Walsh. And what I said earlier, I said, I think on Monday, my whole point about that was not comparing him to him being Mike McDaniel, Dolphins head coach, to Bill Walsh. It was saying, I think what he's running is the evolution of a West Coast offense. Well, well, no, it's the evolution of a West Coast offense, but you're not the only one making that comparison. But I think it's too much. There are other people calling him Bill Walsh based on what we're seeing. Too much. Ev, Do you agree with could, that or we no? Could say, no, I don't. Listen, I will say this. I think he is ahead of the curve when it comes to innovation on offense Agreed. in today's game, being able to use the X's and O's, take advantage of the rules that are tilted toward the offense. There are some things that we just have. The expand motion with guys that run 4 2 four, three, like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that's something we don't see. Like, Tua threw four touchdown passes, or five touchdown passes, four touchdown passes last week. Three of them were behind the line of scrimmage. Three of them. Again, it's not something that we're accustomed to seeing. I'm not saying that these two are Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. What I am saying is these two are quite literally showing us something that we have not seen in the NFL in 30 or 40 years. They're on pace to smash the scoring record set by the 2013 Denver Broncos. That's how good this offense is. It's the most dominant unit in the NFL this season, but it might be the most dominant unit that we've seen in the NFL in some time. But you're saying that you think that they have the possibility that they could be capable of becoming an all-time team. They're on pace to score over 700 points in a season when the record is 608. Think about think about that. They're on pace to score over 700 points. The record for points scored in a season by a single team is 608. It is insane what they do. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go out there and score 50, 60 points every week like they did against the Denver Broncos because the Broncos are god-awful on defense. What I am saying is that this is the toughest offense to stop in the NFL. Agreed. And based on what they're able to do in terms of dictating the overall complexion, I don't know who's going to beat this team. So the best offense, and I know the greatest show on turf, obviously it was amazing, obviously that you had in St. Louis there, Smalls, and of course all the Brady teams were great offensively. I always think back to the 98 Minnesota Vikings when it was Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper, uh, or sorry, Randall Cunningham, it was an awesome offensive team, just an off, awesome offensive team. But and they went fifteen and one that year, but they did not win a Super Bowl, and so that's where that's where I go with the I can't go yet to the idea of Walsh, Montana, Brady, Belichick. What I can say is it's an excellent point. If you're going to look at Reed and Mahomes, and then say who would you rather have than Mike McDaniel and Tua right now in terms of head coach quarterback combo, they may be second on that list. I will absolutely have no problem going there, but they are, and this is a compliment to the Dolphins, they are so good that at some point, and it's going to be soon, we are then going to start saying, yes, I get it. You're innovative on offense. You're awesome on offense. Now we got to see you win. Now we got to see you win big. But here's the thing. The only thing that got in the way of them winning big last year is Tua getting hurt. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing. that Because it's correct. not like this is the first year we've seen this offense be dynamic. Right. Last year, midway through the season, Tua was the MVP. Right. Not Jalen Hurts. Not Pat Mahomes. It was Tua. He got the concussion issues. That derailed his season. That derailed that team. They still made it to the postseason. And, and it was a nail-biter in Buffalo in the wild-card round. So all I'm simply saying is if Tua stays healthy, why would we not believe that this is the most explosive offense in the NFL? If they're on pace to smash the overall scoring record, then why should we believe that it's unfair to compare them to all-time great offenses led by all-time great head coaches and all-time great quarterbacks? That's the company that they're keeping right now. Like, I played against those 2013 Denver Broncos. 
I, I remember what that was like. Peyton Manning threw seven touchdown passes against the Ravens <laughs> when our in our regular season opener. I know what that looks like. September I know 5th, what, 2013. I know what good offense looks like, and that's what we're seeing from the Miami Dolphins. And that's why I think this is going to be such a tough out. We're going to learn a lot about these Buffalo Bills. We're going to learn a lot about Josh Allen. We're going to learn a lot about that defense this weekend. All right, coming up, is it a prove-it week for one QB that no one seems to be talking about, including us for that matter? It's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. What's that? This is Four Downs. First Down. Like on ESPN Radio, Four Downs, brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. All right, let's go. First Down here. Prove it week for Baker Mayfield. Bucks at Saints coming up on Sunday. What is he proving? I don't know. No, no, I mean, uh, the only thing that's there to be proved for these two teams is which one is going to win one of the worst divisions in all of football. Like, that's all that's at stake right now. I mean, if Baker Mayfield can't go on the road and beat trick or cheat Jameis Winston, then, <laughs> then, I mean, I don't know what to say about the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, here's the thing Bucks are better than expected, although they didn't represent that very well on Monday night. But the New Orleans Saints, I'm curious to see what the impact of Alva Kamara coming back in this game is going to be for that offense, going to be for this team overall. But to me, this is just about which team is going to be the front runner to win the NFC South, but that ain't saying a whole lot. Yeah, I know that they're tied atop the division, but I don't really know, to CeCe's point, what we're looking for in Baker Mayfield. Is this a team that we really think is going to contend, even if they do end up winning the division? I don't put them in a, no. a Super Bowl no. contending Hell category. No. <laughs> so I don't know what he has to prove that he already hasn't proven to us. I think one of the most interesting notes about any football player, maybe ever, is that when Jameis Winston was at Florida State, he couldn't see. He would be squinting constantly. It took him years to get the LASIK eye surgery or wear glasses. The guy had an undefeated season, won a national championship at Florida State, and could not actually see. 
would squint, and even when he came into the NFL with the Bucks, was squinting constantly. And nobody's like, maybe he'd be a little bit better as I'm spitting all over the place if he actually could see. You know the irony of that? GMs and head coaches been squinting at Jameis Winston since he came in the league, <laughs> trying to figure out is that a franchise quarterback or not. Is it? No. Is it really? No. I don't know. You don't he, need the LASIK He threw for, for 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns. And how but, many picks? But he also threw 30 picks. Yeah. I was like, just going to say. Like we're just trying to see, is he a franchise? No. Here's the thing. Both of these quarterbacks are stopgap quarterbacks. These, these are just guys that are something to do when there's nothing to do. These are not guys that can prove to their teams definitively that they should be the ones that they're riding with for the foreseeable future. That's why there's nothing for Baker Mayfield to prove individually. Right. It's all about the Bucks versus the Saints. Which one of these teams can be the lead dog in the NFC South? It's not a bad play. I know Jameis Winston obviously did have eye issues, but if you're a quarterback and you keep throwing interceptions, coach, my vision's bad. Yeah. Wait, I, I gotta go to the optometrist. I'm supposed to pay for these crab legs? <laughs> I couldn't see where the cash register ah. is. Second down. <laughs> Second down. Vikings at Panthers, 1 p.m. Eastern. All right, we know what happens here. These are two winless teams. If the Carolina Panthers in rebuild mode with number one overall pick Bryce Young beat the Vikings. They're God in heaven. What <laughs> happens to Kirk Cousins? Man, they got to trade Kirk Cousins. They, they have to trade Kirk. Well, I mean, what's the point of paying a player top of the market money if that guy is not going to be a part of your future and you can't win in the here and now? Well, that's what the situation is with Kirk Cousins. If they wanted to extend him, they would have done it already. They clearly don't with this new regime, Kevin O'Connell and Coesia Adolfo Mensa. That's not their dude. So if you're not going to win right now and you're not going to extend him, do the best thing, which is get premium picks for Kirk Cousins. Somebody's going to pay you the price that you're looking for. It could be a one, most likely a two, but go ahead and ship him off. There's no point in riding with Kirk Cousins and keeping him on the books when you can get something for him to help build your future. Yeah, they clearly want to go in a different direction next season, and I know it probably makes the most sense for them to move on from him, but I just look at this organization, and I think for them to do that, they're waving the white flag. They're saying, we won 13 games last year, Mm -hmm. and we are signaling to our fan base that that was an illusion, it's over, that we are giving up on the season. And with a division that, you know, I know that they're off to a bad start, but the Bears are not good. The Packers came down to reality last night. The Lions look legit. But if you are the Vikings, you're probably looking at the division saying, are we really wanting to give up so quickly? Maybe they should. I don't know. But Uh, I just can't see them making that move. I'm just going to continue to pound the same point over and over again. Draft a QB when you want one, not when you need one. They should have drafted a quarterback last year. They should have found somebody in the draft last year knowing what was happening here. And now what's going to happen is that they are going to draft a quarterback when they need one and not when they want one. And I understand that that guy, Whoever it will be will have great weapons with Justin Jefferson there, obviously. But the reality is they're a year late on this stuff. Third down. Third down. All right, Commanders and Eagles, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. What would a win against the undefeated Eagles say for the Commanders? I think it will prove that we should take them seriously as a playoff contender and it also prove that Sam Howell deserves consideration to be the long-term solution at quarterback. Like, there's no path to victory for Washington against Philadelphia that doesn't involve Sam Howell playing at a high level. I mean, if there's any weakness for that Eagles defense, it's in the back seven. It's that secondary. And can Sam Howell exploit that with the weapons he has at his disposal? He's got the receivers, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. I mean, Logan Thomas, if he plays a tight end, he's got enough weapons. It's can he take advantage of them, and can he get the ball out of his hands on time? He took nine sacks last week against the Buffalo Bills. 
Each one of those sacks, he held the ball for over four seconds. Sam Howell, you ain't got forever in a day to throw the ball. Get rid of the damn football and get it to your playmakers. Those guys are pretty damn good at their jobs. But you got to prove that you're good at your job, and that involves being able to put this offense position where they can be competitive. Yeah, this is a legitimacy win for the Commanders. And I look back to the Lions in week one going into Arrowhead beating the Chiefs. I know they didn't have Chris Jones. I know they didn't have Travis Kelsey. But when I look at the Lions, part of my confidence meter in them is because they were able to beat the Chiefs. And I think with the Commanders, if you're able to beat the Eagles, the team that was in the Super Bowl last year, a team that's undefeated on the season, go into their house and do it, you're proving something. First down. Fourth down. Fourth, fourth down. How did, you get How did I get down? to... F- I wonder why it wasn't a good quarterback. When you're at third down, you want to convert for first downs. If you're doing it right, that's what happens. So we're doing it right. So you just jump to another first yeah. down. What rather an than, idiot. Rather than putting the ball <laughs> on fourth down. What an idiot I am. No, you're I good. Just, Wow. It's like Tom Brady. You You're just good. didn't know. Oh, you just compared me to yeah, Tom Brady? Yeah, yeah, no, I can see I that. Mean, yeah, are yeah. we, yeah. we going to get to fourth down? Oh, or? you're damn right we are, because right. guess what it is? What it's is a it? Toy Story game hey! Sunday morning. Falcons and Jaguars, <laughs> ESPN Plus, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh-huh. So, of course, we got to ask, favorite toy growing up? Oh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle van with the pizza gun on it. It was the pizza gun on the side. The door slid open. It was like one of those old school VW bugs that was tricked out. And it had the pizza gun on the side that took AAA batteries. You put them in there and you could just hold the button Good and answer. shoot out all those little pizzas. Good answer. Absolutely. Not a great answer. It's How not, is that not a great answer? The WWF at the time, toys, the little wrestlers. And you had like, I had the Killer Bees. I had the Heart Foundation. Everybody had those though. So be, a, be, a, be original. I didn't have those. Oh, there you what go. did you have, Smalls? Uh, Barbie, duh. She's an icon. Bar- which Barbie? I had several Barbies. Well, which was your favorite Barbie? Probably Malibu Barbie. Malibu Barbie. You know, we had the car, we had the dream house. Is She's she an with, icon. Is she She's with a Malibu Aaron? Malibu Aaron. Is she with Malibu Aaron? I'm curious. No. <laughs> I didn't pick up what you were saying there. Aaron no. Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What is is going on? I'm in in first now. (laughs) Barbie's house is better than Aaron's, okay? Wow. Wow, hot take. I don't know about that. It's Unsportsmanlike, ESPN Radio. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.